Ijewai. Good evening. I hope you've had a wonderful week. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I'll be sharing short weekly dance stories with you during the Irish winter months between Samhain and Imbolc to make those long winter nights a bit less long for you. You will find a new story every Sunday night at 9pm Irish time. I hope you're cosy and warm where you are. Now sit back, settle in and enjoy the story. Episode 4 The Postman Postmen are very special people. They bring you letters, they bring you news, good news, sometimes not so good news. But me, as a letter writing person, I always really appreciated the work of the postmen I've had in my villages or where I was living. But there's one postman who had a particular impact in my life, who I'm going to talk to you about. When I moved into the village I spent the most time in my life in, in Switzerland, I was about seven and you would know the people and the postmen in your village. And there was this postman who was very friendly and had a big beard and a lot of curly hair. And it looked particularly funny when you were like as a child, when you would look at him because when he put on the helmet, you'd see the hair coming out on the side of the helmet and the beard. So as a child, I thought that was particularly funny. So that's how he stood out to me as a child. And growing up, then he was always, you would always see him around in our village, being here and there. So everybody would kind of like know him because he had very distinctive hair, very, very curly hair, which isn't very common where we lived. And I remember then growing up and as a teenager going to an Irish concert in the next door village. And I went there with a friend and there was the postman also at the concert. And I remember talking to my friend, I was maybe 16 at the time. And I remember saying, oh, look, that's our postman. Look, that's funny. Our postman likes Irish music too. And you just knew the people in the village. And then every time there was an Irish concert, the postman would be there. So that's how I kind of knew, okay, the postman must really like Irish music as well. And then when I was about 20, I found a flyer advertising Irish dance lessons. These were the real Irish dance lessons now, like the, the ones that I would call real back then, you know that the, the Irish step dancing that I meant in the first place to attend ever since I first saw it at the age of 14. And I called up another friend. I said, hey, there's workshops happening in this town in the south in Lucerne. Would you not come with me? And she agreed. And off we went down to Lucerne. And 
it was a four-hour workshop and we were greeted there with lots of people just like being there for a taster, a taster workshop that day. And before we started with the workshop, with the actual workshop, the people, the organizers said, we're going to show you an introduction video so we have a bit of an idea of what we do, of what our dancing school is all about. It was the Irish Dance Academy, by the way, if you wonder. I think about everybody that started doing Irish dance around the year 2000 or something. I think I think they all started with the Irish Dance Academy. They were kind of like the big academy with like lots of classes being offered in most big cities all over, all across Switzerland anyway. So it was with them. Um, we were at their headquarters in Lucerne and off we were looking at the video and... The friend I took with me was another friend, was not a friend I took to set dancing. And she was from the same village though as well. And we started looking at the, at, the, at the video and I thought, Jesus, that one fella looks fairly familiar to me. He looks like our postman, but I thought nothing of it because I thought that couldn't be real. And then my friend leans over and she's like, Stephanie, isn't that our local postman? <laughs> and I just started realizing that that actually is the local postman. And I just loved it. It was like, our local postman does Irish dance. You know, it was like, wow, this big revelation. Like, he's really cool. So that was it then. And we did our workshop anyway with no warm-up, no cool-down. And, of course, the next day we could barely move. I could barely go up and down the stairs of my working place. But that's a different story. Anyway, the years went by and I kept seeing the postman here and there and always wondering about him doing Irish dancing but never daring to speak to him because actually, believe it or not, I am really shy, really, really shy when it comes to getting to know people or talking to new people. I'd rather not. But every time... I would pass him. I would always really love to talk to him and ask him about it, but never dared. So the years went by and saw him here, saw him there. And um, by the time I was doing Irish step dancing myself with that academy. And so I was wondering what group he was in, you know, what, what choreographies were they doing and stuff, you know, just like trying to connect or like wanting to connect with somebody with the same interests. And then on this particular day, I was taking the bus and going to my Irish step dancing lessons, actually, to Zurich. And he was in the same bus. And there he was. And I thought, Jesus, that could be your chance now. And he was sitting there and I was like trying to muster up all the courage to talk to him. But I didn't. We got off the bus at the same station, which was a local train station, a wee train station. And we ended up waiting on the platform for the same train. And still I didn't gather the energy to talk to him. And we changed trains then after that we train ride of 10 minutes at the next bigger village. And I changed into my train to go to Zurich. And I got off in Zurich then after half an hour. And I don't know, it's just this commuter thing that you do. You get off the train, why well, do it anyway? And you look left and right the platform because you need to see where exactly you're heading to or what's the nearest exit you need to go to and I look back and I see the postman getting off that same train a few carriages behind me 
And that's when I just had to kick myself and was like, okay, there's your third chance today to talk to him. So you better make something out of this, right? And it was a February or March, I think it must have been. So I gathered all my courage together and went up to him and asked him, hey, I think I asked him, hey, do you go, are you going to Irish dancing class now or something? And he's like, no, he's actually going to modern dancing class now, which I didn't know he was doing. So we started chatting on the, on dance anyway and on Irish dance. And I don't remember if he had stopped at that time, but he was doing the Irish dance, uh, the modern dancing anyway. And we were chatting and chatting and um, he said, yeah, it was indeed him that was doing the dancing, the Irish dancing and, and everything. And he then asked me, are you going to the Cayley? And I said to him, what Cayley? What, what's that? Like, what do you mean? I had no idea what he meant. And he explained to me that this group in Bern would organize big Cayley twice a year, once for St. Patrick's Day and once for Halloween. And that it would be just Cayley dancing there. And I to that point wasn't really sure what exactly that was or what to expect. I don't think we were doing many Kaylee dances in dance class. I think we had a one workshop where we did a little bit of trip to the cottage. Yeah, we did the part with haste to the wedding. We did that because I remember the clapping bits and stuff and that was a lot of fun. So he explained to me where to go to and what it was. And he said, it's actually really soon. And I looked it up online then I think I looked it up online because how else would I have had? I think we had internet back then already, or it wasn't very popular anyway. But found out anyway where it was. It was in a restaurant called Mapamondo in Bern, which was a pizzeria as well, and which had a big hall. Was it downstairs? Or was it on the side? I don't really remember, but it was a big venue. It was like attached to it. Big, beautiful, gorgeous venue with a with a stage on it and a beautiful wooden floor. And so I went there with a friend of mine. It was always so nice. Like it was this big night out that we'd have, you know, we'd, we'd pack our water and our towel. Later we'd pack our towel in there as well. And the whole adventure of going to the city and finding a parking space finding first of all finding the the right exit and the highway and finding the parking place and then getting into the venue and the first time I got there I realized that there's lots of people from medieval dancing classes that I knew that were going there as well which I didn't know would be into Irish music so that was nice to see the same crowd there or some of the same crowd and it was a very informal gathering and like many people would just come the one time or so and then you would never see those, those faces again. But other people you would recognize and would be the same people you would only see at those Kayleys. Or later I found out lots of them people would be very much into the Balfolk scene. and But you wouldn't see many of them at Irish step dancing lessons or at set dancing. Some of them would come, but not as many as you would think maybe because it's Kaylee dancing I don't know that wouldn't be that much of a mingle after all like the bigger crowd would really be coming for that particular Kaylee 
and it would be so lovely it would be with a live band called toe for toe lovely lovely musicians with great tunes and there would be a caller on stage who would be explaining the dances and you'd quickly run through them dry we call it dryly without music and you do the movements and then once you've done that the music starts playing and you do the dances and thinking about it we did dances like we would do a version of the waves of tory a simplified version of the waves of tory we would do siege of venice we would do i think the walls of limerick we would do the bonfire dance and that was so nice sometimes there would be so many people at that Kaylee that there will be four circles of people doing the bonfire dance together because there was just too many for one circle so there will be like four circles and it was a big mess and so much fun and sometimes they would put in uh, another bad folk dance like um, La Chapelle was I think we would do that one but all pretty straightforward Kaylee dances and the masses and the ball we'd have all the time we'd always like I'd always make a point of like bringing new friends telling other people to come along and just experience that madness and beauty of that Kaylee everybody was laughing and everybody was mingling together which is very strange to be thinking about at the moment with all the restrictions happening and everything but it was just really two evenings a year that I looked very much forward to and that would be the highlight of the year so to say for me and for my friends sometimes as well sometimes would make a point and and have a pizza beforehand you know there at in the restaurant and sometimes depending on where my friends were coming from or if we had lifts or not I would invite one of my friends Sabrina I would invite her over to come and stay with me in my house because it was closer to her place and she wouldn't be able to get back home to her place anymore at that hour of the night when it was over and then the next morning we would cook Irish breakfast together and really kind of make a whole weekend out of it or make a whole Irish celebration out of it so I very much enjoyed having Sabrina there with me and she she'd be she'd be one of our champion dancers then later at the other Irish dancing school I was in the Rosian Academy of Irish Dance and um, she was just you know she she was so advanced in her dancing that even like when she would do she would she would kick her leg up it would be a high kick and it was just so funny because like say when we would do the haymakers jig at the Kaylee then and everybody would do that would all do we call it the hey ho movement we do like hey ho one two three and hey ho one two three and I'll be in a line and everybody would just you know like informally like do a high kick but like not not like professionally looking (laughs) and there was Sabrina doing a high kick that was just like really nearly nearly up to her nose and that I remember like she didn't she didn't even realize she was doing it I just remember looking at her with my stunned face and laughing and then she realized that she was doing like more formal type of Irish step dancing at the Cayley and we, we both started laughing and laughing it was just she was just so good and 
was just so such lovely memories with her and there would always be a break in the middle of the evening and sometimes there would be a display of set dancing like some of the set dancers from the burn group they would show a figure of a set or explain to other people because there are a lot of a lot of newbies going there so they would explain to them what a set is and show that sometimes another person from a Bernie school would show some steps of um of her choreographies or they would dance to St. Patrick's Day or something. Some of the dancers from the Bern area in Bern would dance and display something. And because it was an event, a very informal event for everybody, like really everybody was welcome. And many of my friends would be kind of worried, like, oh, I don't even know how to do that. But the nice thing about it, there was always like one hour before the event actually started, there was like an introduction, an hour where the callers would get absolute beginners and explain to them how sevens worked and how the one two trees worked and what movements are common how you do a swing so that was very helpful for people that never went there and never had done any sort of irish dancing before but i loved the absolute informality of it because anybody could join and there was no one like laughing at anybody or oh, you can't do this right or you're not doing it properly or whatever you if you you know if you were doing the if you're going in and out in a line and weren't using one to trees, which is like stepping in and stepping out, doing walking movements, who cared? You know, it was just really fun related and really the ambience was just incredible during those evenings. It was, it was really so much fun and the heat and everybody would be sweating and it was just amazing it was really there was those were amazing 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 events and at the very end I noticed I remember and I loved it and I always looked forward to that at the very end the band would always play Fanny Powers by Turlo or Carolyn and there would be a waltz at the end so whoever wanted could do a waltz and there was a man Douglas from Scotland he always took out somebody and did a choreographed waltz which I started to observe and I was always fascinated by that one I never knew what exactly was until years later I realized that is actually called St Bernard's Waltz and I always associated with Fanny Powers because if you know St Bernard's Waltz and if you know the tune Fanny Powers try to dance it to that tune it just goes together so well I find it's so pretty and I would always watch him and watch him and watch him and I would actually I think one time I even had that tune on a CD I found it on a CD and I would play it at home and I would try to remember the steps and dance it and always it would be like twice a year I would have a possibility to see that dance being danced and remember and correct if I had any wrong memories or anything about it and just yeah there was there was like YouTube wasn't really a thing back then so whenever I want to remember dances that's what I would do like I would really observe and go home and go over the tune either medieval dancing or Irish dancing Irish step dancing or whatever and just go over the dance mentally until I knew and was sure enough on what to do and 
yeah, it was always my wish to someday be able to dance it with someone. And eventually, one of those years I did, and it was nice, it was lovely. And still to this day, it's one of my most favourite two-hand dances. I was thinking then later, maybe that would have been the first two-hand dance I ever saw, but unconsciously didn't really realise it was like a two-hand, you know, I just like kind of connoted it as, as a choreographed waltz or something. So it's it's good I'm telling these stories, because I start like realising maybe I got my dates wrong, so I'd, I'd have to find out exactly what year that was. But yeah, would it not have been for the local postman, I would have never experienced and found out about that incredible event happening twice a year in Bern and with such friendly people and with a gorgeous community and later then I would when I started going to set dancing weekends of course the postman was also always there and it was great he's a very good dancer he knows all of the dances and he he was a very good dance partner like when I would dance a set with him he would always be able to tell me what to do next what movement comes next and stuff so I very much appreciated that I learned a lot by dancing with him and there was even once I remember there was a whole page in our local newspaper about him they would always portray someone from the area and uh, make an interview with them and it was so lovely and I remember all the locals they were all fascinated by that article in the local newspaper because the photograph for it was so special it was actually him holding his Irish step-dancing shoes in his arms, the way you would hold a puppy or a baby, you know, like with such tenderness and so much love for the dancing shoes. And he had the biggest smile on his face. And it was just such a beautiful article. And uh, yeah, everybody then knew about him and knew about his love for dance. And I was very grateful. I still like, whenever I see him, I was like, oh, I missed the dancing. Oh yeah, when are we going to get back and stuff? So... It's good. It's good to see him. It's good to have him as part of the community. And I remember one time I was teaching in that same village and I was walking with my class to the place where we had um, gym lessons because it was in a different school because our school didn't have an own gym hall. And I think I had small ones. They were first graders at that time. So I was holding the hand of the boy in in the first line and everybody else was like duck walking behind me. And the postman drove by and had his helmet on and his curls coming out of the helmet and his smile and the little boy next to me said miss 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 that's the local postman and I said to him yes I know I said miss he's very nice and I said I know and in my mind I said to myself and he's also a very good Irish dancer You have been listening to an episode of Ihewai, a storytelling podcast by Skielta Dosa. I hope you've enjoyed this evening's story. Feel free to pass it on to anyone you think might enjoy this or be happy about a bit of entertainment now during the winter months. If you wish to support my projects, you may send a wee donation to paypal.me slash I always appreciate every cent. The music you hear is Fairy Garden by Chris Collins and you can find it on IndieMusicBox.com 
I will see you again next Sunday. Have a lovely night and a good start into the next week tomorrow. Ich